1: Jonathan promises to help David by discovering whether Saul's anger is simply a passing mood or a firm resolve. Jonathan finds the latter to be true, but in the process he incurs his father's wrath. There can be only one course of action if David is to live to take the throne. He must run for his life. David's path of escape takes him first to Nob, where he secures food and weapons for his journey. From there he flees to Gath, and then to the caves of Adullam, where a band of relatives and outcasts join him. Driven to the desert of Ziph by Saul's advancing search party, David finds his life in constant jeopardy. And now let's listen to 1 Samuel 20-23. 1
2: Samuel 20 Then David fled from Naoth at Ramah, and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to kill me? Never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without letting me know. Why would he hide this from me? It isn't so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes, and he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this, or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, "'Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you.' So David said, "'Look, tomorrow is the new moon feast, "'and I am supposed to dine with the king, "'but let me go and hide in the field "'until the evening of the day after tomorrow. "'If your father misses me at all, tell him, "'David earnestly asked my permission "'to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, "'because an annual sacrifice is being made there "'for his whole clan. "'If he says, "'Very well,' Then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said. If I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said, let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time the day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed toward you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely if I do not let you know and send your way in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness for my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon feast. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow toward evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stony zell. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, Go find the arrows. If I say to him, Look, the arrows are on this side of you. Bring them here. Then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe. There is no danger. But if I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are beyond you. Then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, And when the new moon feast came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul. But David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought, something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, "'You son of a perverse and rebellious woman! "'Don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse "'to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? "'As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, "'neither you nor your kingdom will be established. "'Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. "'Why should he be put to death?' What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the feast he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him. And he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, Hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing about all this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me And between your descendants and my descendants forever Then David left And Jonathan went back to the town 1 Samuel 21 David went to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Ahimelech the priest The king sent me on a mission and said to me No one is to know anything about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I've told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, indeed, women have been kept from us as usual, whenever I set out. The men's bodies are holy, even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. He was Doeg, the Edomite, Saul's chief shepherd. David asked Ahimelech, Don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, King of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence, and while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, Look at the man. He is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? 1 Samuel 22 David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him. And he became their commander. About four hundred men were with him. From there David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Horeth. Now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered, and Saul was seated, spear in hand, under the Tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, with all his officials standing at his side. He said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, Will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie in wait for me as he does today. But Doeg the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him, he also gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitab, and all the men of his family who were the priests at Nob. And they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitab. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him? so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me as he does today. Ahimelech answered the king, Who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard and highly respected in your household? Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair. But the king said, You will surely die, Ahimelech, you and your whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were unwilling to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. The king then ordered Doeg, You turn and strike down the priests. So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck them down. That day he killed eighty-five men who wore the linen ephod. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests, with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. But one son of Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled to join David. He told David, that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, That day, when Doeg the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the death of your whole family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You will be safe with me. Verse Samuel 23 When David was told, Look, The Philistines are fighting against Kila and are looting the threshing floors. He inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines and save Kila. But David's men said to him, Here in Judah we are afraid. How much more then if we go to Kila against the Philistine forces? Once again David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Kila, For I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Kilah, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Kilah. Now Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, had brought the ephod down with him when he fled to David at Kilah. Saul was told that David had gone to Kilah, and he said, God has delivered him into my hands. For David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up all his forces for battle to go down to Kilah to besiege David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod. David said, Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Kilah and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Kilah surrender me to him? Will Saul come down, as your servant has heard? Lord, God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will. Again David asked, Will the citizens of Kilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, They will. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Kilah and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Kilah, He did not go there. David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel." and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. The Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horesh, on the hill of Hakilah, south of Jeshimon? Now your majesty, come down whenever it pleases you to do so, and we will be responsible for giving him into your hands." Saul replied, The Lord bless you for your concern for me. Go and get more information. Find out where David usually goes and who has seen him there. They tell me he is very crafty. Find out about all the hiding places he uses and come back to me with definite information. Then I will go with you. If he is in the area, I will track him down among all the clans of Judah. So they set out and went as if ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the desert of Maon, in the Arabah south of Jeshimon. Saul and his men began the search, and when David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the desert of Maon. When Saul heard this, he went into the desert of Maon in pursuit of David. Saul was going along one side of the mountain, and David and his men were on the other side hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul saying, Come quickly, the Philistines are raiding the land. Then Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to meet the Philistines. That is why they call this place Selah Hamalakath. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi.
1: And now here's our Daily Walk devotional thought for today. Can you rejoice when others are preferred over you? Can you remain a loyal and sincere friend when someone else gets the promotion that by rights should have been yours? Are you willing to be content with God's place for you when it is less than your ambition desires or even less than should rightfully be yours? If you have trouble answering with a hearty yes, then consider the remarkable character of Jonathan. Humanly speaking, he was the heir apparent to the throne of Israel, set to succeed his father Saul. Humanly speaking, he had every reason to hate David, to join his father in seeking David's death. But instead, he loved David, he befriended him, he protected him, and accepted God's will for him, even though it meant taking a back seat to his own personal ambitions. Are you content today with your possessions, your status, your situation? Philippians 4, 11 through 13 makes it clear that God will give us the strength when we face situations like that. Make those verses your prayer today.
0: Thank you for joining us today for the Daily Walk podcast from Walk Through the Bible. Be with us tomorrow as we continue our life-changing journey through the Bible in a year. Love this episode of the Daily Walk podcast?